1 Samuel chapter 2. I'm going to read the first 10 verses here. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And then, actually there is verse 11. They include that in the next, so I will save it for that. All right, so question number seven. While pouring out the feelings of her heart as she dedicates her son, and they call this the Song of Hannah. This is what she was saying to the Lord, or maybe just saying to everyone and the Lord. But uh, what emotions does Hannah express? Gratitude, yep. She's definitely being thankful. Yep, she is being thankful. Um, and she always gives God the glory for his greatness. And she gives God the glory for his greatness and for what he's done because she couldn't she couldn't have a child before now, right? So, and she's uh, doing anything further? Right, she's rejoicing and praising the Lord and speaking of his salvation and power. And when, when they say horn in these verses I wrote down here, that's like strength and power. When she says, my horn is exalted, you know, the Lord has exalted her, lifted her spirit, you know, has filled her with, uh, a, you know, a good spirit over all of this. And where it says, I smile at my enemies, I'm looking back at verse one, by the way. Uh, some some say boast over my enemies. So just so you know, uh, there are slightly different ways to look at that. That could be very meaningful to you. All right. So question number eight: 
how does this prayer differ from her prayer in chapter 1? If you remember in chapter 1, she prayed to have a son. Well, right, this is kind of the opposite because she was in great anguish. She was crying and weeping and basically pleading and begging. And now she is rejoicing and thankful and grateful. So it, it is a it is an opposite. That's right. It was silent, wasn't it? It was a silent, tearful prayer. Yes, Pat. I'm just going to say, um, we ourselves have times that we plead out in anguish because we're so sad about something. And we should be like her when that passes and we're happy again. To express that to the Lord, that we, we thank you because you made me feel happy again. Right. Yeah, that's right. We should express that, the, those good things. We're quick to express the bad things sometimes, so we should be just as quick to express the good and be thankful. And you know that she was like, Judy was saying she was silent in her first prayer, but I don't feel like this was silent. I, this was something that she was saying out to everyone as she was dedicating Samuel. So... always pray that the Lord's will be done, but when when they when the prayer is answered, then you are just very, very thankful to God for answering your prayers. And right. that would include your own self. I had a situation where I prayed to God that my life would be spared that I could raise my son. And that prayer was answered. And to this day, I still thank him for that. Right. You, so you, it's a different type of prayer. Mm -hmm. The two are different. Right. And you're very sincere to God with either one, the prayer that you're praying. But it is a different type of prayer. I can see that. Yes, Judy. Right after Eldred's second step, things were going bad, and his doctor couldn't, uh, the one that did the procedure, couldn't be found. He was, they were paid to do everything, but he wasn't after his page. And the, the hospital doctor came by and wanted to know if he'd come and talked to me afterwards, and I said, no, uh, he was in the hospital somewhere, but he was hit and wasn't answering. And I know my very fervent prayer at that time, because I looked at the monitor, and that bottom line was going like this. And you talked about fervent prayers, yes. And... I have shared this with a couple of people, but it was a beautiful blue sky out there, and I turned to the window, and in the middle of that very beautiful blue sky was a perfect cloud X 
a perfect accident of all that sky. And I was like, and I thought, you know, Albert always says that the times of signs are past, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> and anyhow, I uh, dropped my head back and, and started to continue. And just as that is, to <coughs> in come the, the, the nurse and started, you know, punching on the case of the doctor with her. And they were doing a lot of, a lot of stuff. And changed his medicine, what was hanging on his back. And I turned around and it was like, thank you, you know, when, when the monster was right again. And I looked back up at that sky and what was there was, it was kind of like this, but it was a perfect cross. The X had been a perfect cross. And that cross stayed in that sky until it disappeared over the treetops. But <laughs> I had to share that sometime. But I, it's it's well, it's when you're praying for someone. Wow. Yep. When you're praying for someone you really care about or yourself, I mean, you're going to be very fervent and sincere. I believe that, and that's yeah. and God does answer prayer. And God does answer prayer. Yes, sure I believe that too. Definitely. Does anyone else have anything on number eight there about the two prayers? All right. Okay, so looking at First Samuel verses 11 through 36. Now, I think 11 could go either way, but we're going we're gonna to include it with this. It doesn't hurt anything. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child served, ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Now the child is Samuel, right? Okay. So now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. And the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up out of the offering, out of the meat. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Now, this is a description in 13 and 14 of what they're supposed to do and how it's supposed to work. Okay. Okay. Now let's read on, verse 15. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give meat, uh, sorry, give meat for roasting to the priest, for he will not take boiled meat from you, but raw. And if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you may take it as much as your heart desires, he would then answer him, No, but you must give it now, and if not, I will take it by force. Now, and this is referring to Eli's sons. Therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred, despised the offering of the Lord. And this description here that we see, uh, 15 and 16, this was what his sons were doing that was wrong, breaking the law. And basically polluting the uh, 
offering or sacrifice here. Okay. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor with both the Lord and men. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever, but now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place, despite all the good which God does for Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. But any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. Then I shall raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, Please put me in one of the priestly positions that I may eat a piece of bread. So, 
Question number nine here, what are the sins of Eli's sons? They didn't honor the sacrifice that was given to God. They took the meat, they wanted it down, and they wanted everything their way. No, that's right. They they did not honor the sacrifice or offering that was being made. They were actually stealing the best portion for themselves and not following what they had been told to do. Uh, when you look back in the, the older sections of the law, um, they are supposed to take the boiled meat and eat, it, eat that. Let's see. And did anybody... Drove yes. other people away. People didn't want to go and and sacrifice like they should, and so they were driving other people away from from a relationship with God. Right, right. If we came to church and somebody was bullying us every time we came to church, how often would we show up? I mean, we would probably get pretty discouraged. It would be pretty bad. I'm sorry, Kim. Yes. They were to do his work, and because they were doing that special sacred work, God provided their portion, and they should be satisfied and thankful for that, but they wanted the best of the best. And the best was always for God, not for them. Right. God had provided for them portions of, of these offerings and different different parts of those offerings, and... Uh, they should have been satisfied with that, but they were not. They wanted what they considered the best and maybe even what God would say was the best for themselves rather than letting that uh, rather than letting that be used appropriately as they were supposed to, as they were commanded to. If you look back in I believe it's uh, I believe it's covered in a couple of places like Leviticus and in Exodus, but uh, I think I have notes on that. Oh, sorry. Does anybody have anything else on that? Uh, oh, yes, Pat. In verse 22, it said that they made with the harlots, too. That's right. They, mine did not say it quite that way, but yes, they were, uh, we would call it what, sleeping around. They were messing around with these women who were at the door of the meeting. So, um so that, I mean, the priests, as far as I understand, they were not supposed to be out committing sins like that because that would make them very unclean. I don't know how that would affect everything else, but it would definitely make them very unclean before God, and they were not supposed to be that way and serve Him in the tabernacles, much less, you know, do the offerings and, and the sacrifices. Let's see. So... Okay, question number 10. Describe the progress of Samuel in contrast to the sons of Eli. He was like a child of God. He was, he was, he was faithful and serving. Right. He, he seemed to be, from what we read, he was faithful and serving and it says he grew in stature and favor with men and the Lord, right? So he was doing the right things. Yes, he was doing the right things, the proper things. If we look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, 
Right. I noticed that too. The way that's phrased is very similar to what is said about Jesus in the New Testament, that he grew in favor with men and the Lord. So, yeah. So Samuel was really living up to what he was supposed to be doing. So question number 11, did Samuel's parents lose touch with him after leaving him with Eli? Right, his mother brought him a new uh, robe every year, coat, whatever it was. So he was growing, you know, he was growing, so. Yep, I'm sure he did have to have something bigger every year. And we don't know if they visited more than that or not. We know they at least did that. Right. Can you imagine how much, how proud his mother was of him, how grateful she was for him? Yeah, she was very great. Yeah, I'm sure she was very proud of him too. Yes. Yeah. And Eli actually blessed them for Samuel, right? So. All right, so let's look at question 12. Describe the punishment which was to come upon the family of Eli. Now this is due, of course, to the sons and Eli not really handling that properly. But He cuts them off from the priesthood. So he had, that was like a hereditary thing through the line of Aaron, and Eli was part of that line. And then later on, it gets moved over to a different branch of Aaron's family because Eli and his sons were, were failing. Right. They get cut off, and God even says they'll wish they could come back into the fold and, and perform those things, but uh, they won't be able to. And we can read that in First Kings there. I have that. Did you have something bad? Go ahead. I was just going to say the two sons, if they had sons, does that mean that their sons could not be priests then? They would not be able to serve in that, yeah. Yeah, they were they were cut off. Because he said, uh, let me go back here. Let's flip back. Yeah, because he includes everyone from then from them on, really. They are cut off. So all right. And you can look in First Kings chapter two, verses twenty-six and twenty-seven. I, I have that here. And to Abiathar, the priest, the king, said, Go to Anathoth to your own fields, for you are deserving of death, but I will not put you to death at this time, because you carried the ark of the Lord God before my father David, and because you were afflicted every time my father was afflicted. So Solomon removed Abiathar from being priest to the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord which he spoke concerning the house of Eli at Shiloh. And, and this reflects where God said they would want to serve, but they will not be allowed to. Anyone else have anything on that? All right, so I think that's not going to go up any further. Question 13, well, who were Hophni and 
This has Phineas, and mine says like Phinehas, so I, I may be saying that wrong. But anyway, Hophni and Phineas. Phineas? Yeah, that's mine is spelled slightly differently. Yeah, and it's got the H in it, which makes me want to say it differently. So anyway, regardless of pronunciation, they were they were Eli's sons, right? We know that. Okay. All right, so sorry, I know that's a simple question, but what would be the significance of their death? What was that supposed to mean? Well, it was a punishment for them personally, yes. Well, it could, it could do that too, but... God had said that their death would signal that this prophecy was true and that another would be raised up to serve. So that's what, that's what he was telling. I think that's what they wanted there, just so you know. Not that your answers aren't necessarily good, just that I had a feeling that's what they were after. You know, in verse 35, is that a prophecy of Christ being priest? Verse 35. I thought it was of Samuel. Now, could you take that as a double? But it says forever. Who shall be according to my heart, I'll buy him, and he walk. And he will walk, he shall walk before my anointed forever. So could it be a double? Uh, you know, kind of a double meaning, meaning Samuel now and Jesus later? I, I suppose that's possible. I don't know. I was taking most of this as being about Samuel right now in the immediate, but Right, Samuel was unique because he was priest, prophet, and judge. Right, okay. Okay, we're ready to read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. Okay, so now the boy Samuel, actually, you know what, we're... We're really out of time, and if I read this, then we can't do the questions. I'll read this next time, and we'll start doing the next questions, because we're, we're really right at that time. It's kind of funny. My, my reminder just reminded me, so I have to do something, or I'll go too long. All right, so I want to thank you all for your time. Really appreciate it. We'll pick up from here next week.